Hey everyone, welcome into the NKY Bracketology Podcast. I'm your host, Hunter, joined today by Michael and Zach. Um, first and foremost, we just wanted to say thank you to everybody for listening and sharing this week. Um, we were hoping to get like 10 or 20 views. Um, we ended up getting closer to 60. Um, so we just wanted to take a second and say thank you for everybody that's listened or liked or commented on things. Um, we greatly appreciate it. And please just keep letting us know what we can do better um, just to help get everything out to you guys. Let's do some conference champion picks. Um, we'll start with the ACC. Michael, do you want to give us your pick for the conference championship? For the regular season? Regular the- season. Yeah. There is no real, like, you know, clear-cut favorite right now in the ACC. Um, I think, you know, you'd have to say Duke or North or North Carolina has probably has the most talent. Um, I'd probably roll with Duke, but barely. Yeah. I don't, or I agree, like, it's it's hard. I went between Duke, North Carolina, and Clemson. I still like Clemson. I They lost this week to Miami, but, I mean, road games are hard in conference. Especially uh, when the other team makes, like, 150% of their shots in the second half. Yeah, that typically leads to a win right there. Um, I picked North Carolina. Um, I may change my pick by the end of the day, depending on how games go today. But for now, I have North Carolina winning. This I'm is a big, big game for Clemson. Yeah. At home against North Carolina. If you're going to be an ACC champion, you got to win it. Zach, go ahead. I've got Duke. Um, and I, I'll say a, a lot of my picks, I'm going to have different rationales for each of them. Uh, but with Duke, um, I think the predictive metrics um, are just the most favorable for them. Like last week, I with like Michigan State and Houston and Creighton, I went ahead and aggregated um, four different models, my own Ken Palm, BPI, and um, Bart Torvik. And for Duke, the metrics consensus has them with just one loss, and that's on the road at North Carolina. And North four projected losses left. Um, Now, you know, you're still talking, Duke still has, you know, a few 50-50 games. But as of right now, they're on the right side of those 50-50 games. North Carolina's on the wrong side. Um, so it's, it's possible that, that North Carolina, um, ends up kind of overperforming where the, the models have them right now. And Duke ends up underperforming a little bit, but as of right now, I think Duke is the strongest team in the ACC. I don't disagree. Uh, Duke has probably the higher ceiling. Um, UNC, I just. I'm hesitant to pick them until they like prove it over a full season, to be honest. Yeah, for sure. But I do think North Carolina is definitely, well, they're, they're obviously in better shape than they were last year. And I think they have, they have more, um, of, of a resume this early in the season that they maybe didn't have 
the last two seasons under Hubert Davis. Oh, for sure. They're in a much better spot now than they were either of the last two years. I mean, I still have them. I have them on the four line right now. So it's not like they're way down there. They're actually my second highest seeded team um, behind Clemson. Duke is a five right now. I expect that to change some. Clemson's obviously going to fall a little bit. Um, But they just – they have a resume this year that they didn't have last year, and I expect them to do better. Um, There was a lot of conversation about, like, not believing in them from me early in the year. But at this point, I'm bought in. Baycott and everybody should head back to the tournament and honestly should be a force to compete with. Yeah, for sure. So for the Big Ten, um, I'll start this one. I'm picking Purdue. I know everybody's shocked. Went really against the I am. (laughs) <laughs> I'm, I'm not i'm not I'm... <laughs> um i mean what they did to illinois last night for 30 minutes without i mean how much did ed sit last night i know he sat eight minutes in the first half and i'm pretty sure purdue was either tied or just behind illinois while he was sitting like they're just they're good this year they have the depth they didn't have last year we like the tease because it's a one-dimensional team it's not they have the ability to do things that they couldn't do last year and until that's proven otherwise, I'm pay- taking them. I I would agree. Um, I can't I can't see anyone other other than Purdue running the conference right now. So I'll go ahead and say Illinois. Um, and I had them. I I had Illinois picked. Um, before yesterday, to win. Um. Obviously, it gets a lot tighter now with the loss to Purdue. Um, I don't remember if they get another shot, but um, they do March fifth. Yeah. They play. Okay, so, so yeah, win. they they could have a potentially tiebreaker um, down the road. Um, I know a lot of people are are still gonna be picking Purdue, but I'll I'll go with Illinois. I I think they definitely should be, as of right now, the the runner up favorite. Um, and I still think, you know, Purdue is probably gonna drop at least two or three more Big Ten games. Um, and I think Illinois is just built a little bit better than than Purdue to to win. Um, win in, in conference play. Yeah, I think Illinois can win in multiple styles, whereas Purdue, as much as I say they're not the same team as they were last year, they're going to need Edie to still be dominant and still do his thing night in, night out for them to win repetitively. Sure. Yeah. Illinois now gets Michigan State on Thursday. So right now Illinois has a game in hand on – or had a game in hand going into last night because Purdue had the loss to Northwestern. So they're still technically tied, both of them two and one, I believe. Is that game at Michigan State? No, it is a home game. They're in Champaign for it. Okay. So that's a, I don't want to say a must win, but that's pretty yeah. much a must win for honestly both of those teams if they want to try to win the Big Ten this year. For sure. Yeah, you definitely, if you are Illinois or, or Michigan State, you don't have that. Well, Illinois lost a lot of margin of error, margin for error, uh, last night. Yeah. 
Absolutely. So for the Big 12, I'll pick Kansas. Um, again, going crazy against the grain, I know. Um, until somebody unseats self in Kansas in the Big 12, I just it's hard to pick against them. Um, I like what Dickinson's brought, and they're they're just too good at this point to pick against. But I do think Houston is going to give them a real shot at winning it this year. I think just for differing opinion, I'll go with Houston. Um, as much as I like Kansas' resume, I haven't always liked how they played, you know, as far as like, you know, not style or anything like that, but they've played a lot of close games against teams they probably shouldn't have. Yeah. And I, I mean, and Houston maybe hasn't played, you know, as tough a schedule as Kansas, but the win at home, the win over Texas A&M suggests that they're pretty good. And the win over Utah has looked better too. So I'll go with Houston. Yeah. And one thing with Houston, I know Xavier's not like a great right or anything. They did go to Xavier and beat Xavier with 11,000 people crammed into that arena. I was there. It was loud. It's very similar to what they're going to see night in, night out at some of these other arenas. Um, they went in one and then they, I mean, that's a big win. They've proven they can do it on the road. Right. Obviously, Kansas has two with the Indiana win as well. Well, and even like, I don't want to say Purdue struggled at Xavier, but yeah. Xavier definitely, they played, Xavier's shown that they can play anybody tough. Yeah. They, they might still lose, but they, they can, they can make it competitive with anybody in the country. Yeah. Um, Houston is my pick as well to win the big 12. Um, Honestly, just from a metric standpoint, I think they're the best team in the country. Um, I know the the resume um, probably doesn't uh, jump off the charts for a lot of people, but I think unlike um, maybe the last couple of years when they were in the American, they're not, they haven't, they haven't just played one or two um, good teams. They've gone on the road to Xavier, like we've like we covered. Uh, they beat Utah. Um, that may not age as well as they would like, but I think that's definitely still a top uh, three or four team potentially in the Pac-12. Um, could be a tournament team. Um. And yeah, I just I think that um, again, yeah, from a metric standpoint, they're they're the best team in the country. I I have them projected to win out. Yeah, um, obviously, there's still you know some fifty fifty games in there that they could lose um, on the road at Kansas is definitely one of those, but I think uh, Houston should is, is my pick. Yeah, that I mean, I don't disagree with picking Houston. They're clearly the best metric team in the country. Yeah. Um, I think Houston will drop a game or two, but I think there's a lot to be said about them being undefeated through the non-con. Um, I mean, just in general, it's hard to go do that. So you have to give them some credit for doing that. Yeah. 
Houston Ole Miss and James Madison, the only three undefeated teams at the moment. Yeah. I don't know how long Houston will last. Uh, they got to go on the road to Iowa State next week, and then they go on the road to TCU as well. So both of those could be challenging, especially the um, Hilton, the game at Hilton um, against Iowa State. Tough places to win. Yeah. Yeah. That's actually the one game that my model has them losing. And at Iowa State? Yeah, at Iowa State. Because Iowa State's my number two team. Oh, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's just – it's really close. And then home court advantage gives – gives it to Iowa State. But other modelers don't like Iowa State as much as I do. Yeah. Play in the long game. Yeah, definitely. I yep. Um all right. So Pac twelve. Um I have Arizona. Um I went back and forth on whether I wanted to take Arizona just with their consistency. I mean they just got blown out by Stanford. But then they kind of quieted that by just absolutely rolling over Colorado. And yeah, Colorado didn't have two of their better players, but still, what they did was impressive nonetheless. Not going to pick UCLA? Not going to pick UCLA. No, thank you. <laughs> Tough year out there. We'll talk about that when we get into the uh, bubble picture in a moment. Sounds good. I'm going with Oregon. Um, they were my preseason pick to win the conference. Right now, Arizona is the top team in the Pac-12, but I still like Oregon. Um, they're 3-0 and to start conference play, including a road win at Washington. Um, I don't know how good Washington will be down the stretch, but as of right now, they're, they're competing with Oregon for maybe – an at-large spot, an extra at-large spot for the Pac-12. Yeah. Um, In the last couple weeks, that's yeah. from Washington to Oregon. Uh, a good little bit. Do and you, then... Do oh. you, Hunter, do you have uh, Oregon ahead of Washington as far as, like, those teams just on the outside now? So, last week I had Oregon next four out. Uh, yeah. I don't have Washington on my like first eight out at this point. Oh. So I'm sure that'll continue to trend next week as well. Okay. Um, and then uh, Oregon is, is getting to full strength with Mookie Cook making his debut. Um, and then, you know, I know their metrics aren't stellar, but they're still solid and they should improve. Uh they're freshmen developing and kind of building that team chemistry as the, as Pac-12 play progresses. Um, and then one, one metric that I have them uh, performing pretty well on is uh, turnovers per possession. Uh, they're 39th in, in turnovers per possession margin. Um, again, not great, but still uh, definitely like top 10th or top 10 percentile. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I think that that will help them too in, in some of those tougher Pac-12 games, just not turning the ball over as much. Yeah. And that's, um, that's something you can travel with too. 
like yeah that's a cultural like more of a play like style of play thing so that's a little bit better to travel with than like streaky three-point shooting and some of the other metrics we watch yeah for sure so i would probably pick arizona as well what <laughs> only because um i think especially at their best we saw what their best was against Colorado, and Colorado had no match for it. And I think they have some margin for error in not playing their best and still being able to win against just about everybody in the league, uh, except for when they play Stanford, apparently. Um, my concern with like the rest of the league, or, you know, Oregon would be a good second choice. Um, Utah, we just saw them lose to Arizona State, and... Their margin for error not only is in as far as winning the having a chance to win the league um, was diminished, but any kind of loss they take is going to make their margin for error to make the NCAA tournament tougher. Yeah. Even though they're on that, you know, maybe four or five, kind of six line now, it, it only takes a loss to Oregon State or Cal to drop it dramatically. Yeah. Well, and I mean, you're talking like Arizona State obviously was not a good loss. No. Losing by 12 was even worse. Right. Um, and mm-hmm. now you got to go to Arizona. Yeah. And then you come back and you get UCLA. So right. it's not like they're going to get any, like, reprieve anytime soon. I know UCLA is not great, but UCLA has been competitive, like, at Oregon. Like, it's they not were. much over. They, they probably should have beaten Oregon, honestly. Yeah. So there, there, there's a reason that Mick Cronin has – as good of a a winning percentage as he does. Like, he can win with a lot of different teams over – like, he's proven that over his career. It's not – like, you're not just going to be able to count UCLA out because of their prior performance. He's going to build that team up. They're going to perform better the longer the year goes. And, And they'll be a threat to win the conference tournament title when they get to it. Yeah, well, and they've got a lot of uh, international guys, too, which I feel like we don't talk about that much. But, I mean, these guys just moved into a new country. It's not like they're just playing basketball. Right. They're learning a culture. They're learning language. Like, there's a lot going on. So, there could be a jump from UCLA here in the next couple weeks, too. And just kind of, like, looking over Utah's resume a little bit, that win over BYU looks great. Yeah. But how long is it going to look great for Right now, it's it's the gift that gifts keeps on giving, as I like as we like to say. But like you said, we don't know how long that's going to last. Yeah, um, and, I mean they beat uh, St. Mary's by seven at St. Mary's. That's a quad one win right now. But as, outside of that, they don't have much on their resume from the non-conference. So they're really going to need those two to step it up and play up to their level the rest of the year. And outside of being an AQ, I don't know that St. Mary's is that close to the bracket. They're, I think, third or fourth in the WCC without looking at anything right now. Yeah. Uh, I mean, they're not, and they're not anywhere close for me. Yeah. Um, all right, so let's move to the SEC. Um, I'm picking Kentucky. I've been high on Kentucky for a couple weeks. There's no reason not to. Um, I they haven't shown me anything that makes me want to change my mind. Um, as they get healthier, they just seem to be getting better and better. Uh, this seems to be one of Cal's better combinations of talents that he's put in Trey Mitchell is going um, under the radar in my opinion as a underrated transfer 
Yeah. Obviously, I say like combinations of talents. I'm not saying that like this is more talented than the teams that went undefeated or whatever, but like they seem to fit well together. Uh, and I think that's been a problem for Cal in the past. I'm going to go with Alabama. Um, again, a, a big part of it is, is the metrics. I know their record doesn't – their record isn't great, but a lot of those losses are, you know, quad one – you know, quad one losses um, as long as Ohio State um, stays stays up there um, in the Big Ten. Um, I think Alabama has maybe, you know, we, we talked about like three-point shooting, um, which can get kind of streaky on the road, but I think – you know, they they can shoot the ball well, and that you don't forget how to do that um, on any given night. Um, so I like them. I like them to win the SEC. I think you know again they're they're the best shooting team in that conference, and um, I like. I like what Nate Oates has been able to do with them the last uh, three or four years. Um, so yeah, it's a bit of a dark horse pick, but I I still think they've got they've got as good a shot as anybody. Oh, for sure. I mean, they they've challenged themselves to say the least in the non-com this year. Yeah, they've beaten Indiana State, which as we all have seen, that's a great win as it ages. They beat yeah. Oregon. Um, their worst loss is Ohio State, and that's 36 in the net. So it's not like they're losing to all these teams that are, like, terrible. Like, they've went to Creighton and lost. They lost to Purdue um, in Toronto. Like, it's not like they're losing to Arkansas State or Eastern Kentucky. Like, they're beating those teams, like, consistently and then the liberty win i mean they beat them by 50 that's yeah that was surprising to me especially with how how you know generally you know their their teams play at a pretty slow pace so getting a 50 point win over them is pretty impressive yeah yeah i think that was just alabama setting the tone and like from the get-go they just they set the tone and liberty they were just they were just bodies on the court pretty much and I mean, I'm looking at Alabama's schedule now. They start the year off pretty low. Um, I mean, they get Vanderbilt, South Carolina, Mississippi State, Missouri, and then they get Tennessee and Auburn. I mean, they their SEC schedule is kind of backloaded. Um, so I think they have a shot to go out and like stack some wins and get rolling pretty quick here. Yeah, definitely. So I, w- I was going to go with another kind of dark horse, which was Texas A&M. Um, I like how they've scheduled in the in the non-con. They also wanted Ohio State. Um, and just a good collection of wins, some tough losses, but I think it'll set themselves up, set themselves well for the SEC play. Yeah, I mean, yeah. their worst loss is Charlotte at Charlotte. Like, that's not a bad loss by any means. Um, they were my preseason pick to win the SEC, so that wouldn't shock me at all. And they've they've been 
you know, they beat Iowa State. They were really competitive with Houston. I, I yeah, I think Texas A and M. To be honest, I think the SEC is one of the more wide open conferences. Yeah. Um, and that should just be evident by this conversation. Um, I I think most people probably have either Kentucky or Tennessee. Um, but I think there's probably five or six teams that all have at least a, at least a claim that they could, that they should be able to win the, the conference. Yeah. I mean, and we haven't even talked about Auburn. Like we've no. gone the entire time and haven't talked about them. Uh, Mississippi State, Tolu Smith is back. That's not going to be an easy Yes. So, I mean, yeah, the SEC, I might actually change what I said earlier. Um, I think the SEC might be the best conference in the country. Yeah. At least the top end, I think, is better than the Big 12. For for sure. And obviously, the, the middle then, too, is probably going to be just a little bit stronger because of their non-conference scheduling. Like, even if Alabama fell to say fifth in in the conference, I think they're gonna be a stronger five than whoever the the five in the Big Twelve is. Yeah. For sure more battle tested. For sure. Um all right, so let's move to the big east. Um I have Marquette winning it. Um UConn, I'm thinking UConn's going to have a rough January again. Um, they may prove me wrong. I thought they were going to lose to Butler last night. I'm not convinced they're going to come into Xavier and beat them on Wednesday without Klingon. They just don't look like the same team on the road um, without him. With that being said, it won't shock me at all if I'm wrong and Hurley does it again. Yeah, I got St. John's. This was my Big East runner-up in preseason. Uh, Xavier was my preseason pick, um, but that was kind of before the the development with Jerome Hunter and um, Zach Fremantle. Yeah. Um, so I think St. John's they've got they've got a lot of experience scoring. They've got a head coach that knows how to win. Um, they've, they've got a pretty good recruiting class. They, they had all of the preseason ingredients. It just, they needed to put it all on the court. And so the performance metrics had been lagging early, but I think they're starting to catch up. Uh, they are currently two and one in the big East, uh, with wins against Xavier and Butler by 15 and 16 respectively. And then they played at Connecticut and lost by just four. And I know, I know that's Connecticut without Klingon, but that's still. Well, that was the um, game that got hurt. So they had Klingon for some of it. Right. That's right. Um, And yeah, they, they lost by just four. So I think, St. John's is starting to put the pieces together. Um, I think um, they'll they'll do really well. They're um, 
yeah, they, they've got a good team. Yeah. I mean, I like St. John's. I don't know that they'll win the Big East, but I think we'll find out a lot about them um, to, uh, tonight. I think they play tonight um, against Villanova. Um, yes. Philadelphia and winning at Villanova is not easy. Um, Xavier should have beaten them. Honestly, they went like six minutes without scoring to end the game. Uh, Villanova did. So I expect St. John's to go in and beat Villanova tonight. Yeah, and Villanova, Villanova right now is the team to topple in the Big East. They're three and zero. Yeah. Um. So yeah, a, a win at Villanova definitely puts St. John's. It it definitely moves them, moves them up. Yeah. So I was gonna say my pick to win the Big East was UConn. Um, yeah. I think I thought the way they were able to handle, uh. Butler last night on the road without Klingon was pretty impressive. And, you know, you have that kind of championship mentality. I think it helps a lot. I agree. I They might be my pick to win the national championship right now um, as long as Klingon comes back. I just – they changed it from an ankle to a foot, and now it's both feet. And I've seen just so many feet injuries, especially with big guys, just derail their seasons. And so until he's back, I don't have a ton of faith in them to really even win the Big East. I mentioned before my thing maybe a cut out on that, but the game between uh, Nova and St. John's today is really big for both teams. Yeah. Um, I mean, I have Nova. I don't know what to do with Nova, to be fully honest with you. it's They have such a weird resume. The three losses to the Philly teams, but then they've got great wins. Right now, I have them as a six. They will probably hang out right there unless they look really ugly this week. Um, but St. John's, I mean, they're my first team not in Dayton right now. So they are a 12 seed. They need big wins, and this would be the way to get that. I was joking when uh, Zach said that Nova was the uh, the team in the Big East to kind of topple, that the Big East opponents should just petition the NCAA to wear their favorite Philly Five jerseys. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that's fair. Like it's it's tough to beat Villanova in in Philly, but it's not for the other Philly teams. That that is just crazy. I think it has to do with those teams giving it everything they've got, and Nova not necessarily giving them like everything. Like yeah. more of a rivalry game for one side, but not the other. Yeah, yeah, and because Villanova, they're they've. They've shown they're they're a good team. Uh, they demolished Memphis. Yeah. Um, it's just they have those weird losses, and it it makes you go like, who who is this team? I, at this point, I don't think anybody actually knows. I mean, they beat North yeah. Carolina and Memphis down in Atlantis, but then like they went to Creighton and won. They lost at Kansas State. Like I just, I don't, I don't know. Where do you have Nova seated, Hunter? Uh, they are my last six seed right now. Yeah. They would probably they'd move back to a seven. They may move back to a seven either way, because um, I don't think that it was a positive metric result for them on Wednesday night. Uh, but they're yeah, right on that cut line of six and seven. All right, so to move on, um, Mountain West. I have San Diego State still. I they've got. We talked about championship DNA with UConn. Um, 
Brian Dutcher and everybody, like they've got that at San Diego State. Um, not obviously like a national championship pedigree or anything, but they were in the final four. I expect them to win the Mountain West. I do think it's going to be a chaotic league yet again. Um, it's my replacement for the Pac-12 next year. Um, it needs to be a power conference at this point. Yeah, I think I agree. It it should get some some power five, power six, like I they'd be competitive with any of the at least the top of the Mountain West would be competitive with the top of any other conference. Yeah. Completely agree. I would also go to San Diego State for really the same reasons that Hunter said. I'm taking New Mexico. Um it's a team I believed in all season. They they were my preseason pick to win. Um, I don't think they've shown anything. They haven't given me a reason not to or, or to change that in any way. They did miss an opportunity on the road at Colorado State, but Colorado State is, you know, they're another good team in the Mountain West, and it's a road game. Um and outside of the game against St. Mary's, New Mexico hasn't really, they haven't scheduled soft necessarily, but they also haven't scheduled a lot of like, they haven't scheduled a lot of big games. Um, but they've done what anyone could have asked with their yeah. schedule and they're healthy now. So I think, um, you know, as of right now, I don't have a reason to pick against them. I I certainly wouldn't be surprised if Colorado State or San Diego State ends up winning the conference. Um, but I think I think New Mexico has has a good shot. I like I like the pick. I they're solid. They've been good all year. Um, kind of been slept on just because of their injuries and stuff, but I look for them to continue to just move up in the um, bracket as we go on. They need to get some quad one and quad two wins, though. They owe a two in quad one and one and zero in quad two. Um, so for the WCC, but I have Gonzaga winning. Um, I until Mark Few loses, I'm picking Mark Few. That's basically where I'm at with that. I don't like Gonzaga, but I don't like any of the other WCC teams any better. San Francisco needed overtime to survive Pacific the other night. Yeah. And Pacific came in at 357th in the net that coming into that game, which, and there's only 362 teams in Division One. Yeah, that's, that about sums up the WCC this year, honestly. Yeah, Mike, you talked about you know, BYU, them leaving, like it, it's really, it's really kind of hollowed out the WCC. And it's crazy how much that changes the perception of the league right now. If BYU was still in the league, we'd be talking about, well, Gonzaga still has a good chance. BYU is playing really well. St. Mary's isn't too far off. We could be talking about three, four bid league. Instead, we're talking about is the only one going to determine going to be the AQ. Yeah, I mean, I. It's crazy the impact one team had, 
I we've seen a lot of realignment, and I mean the AAC got just completely like shelled this year, but mm. then re like just completely reloaded with FAU. I don't know if it's a partially like a luck thing, but the WCC's just gotten just killed this year with the realignment issues. Um, so for the speaking of the AAC, we'll move into those picks. Um, I'm picking Memphis. I've had Memphis all year. It's not that I don't like FAU. It's that I like Memphis better. David Jones is just a dude. Um, I mean, he's an All-American at this point. Like, I like him. I'm sticking with Memphis until we see them kind of drop off or something like that. Yeah, I'm saying Memphis as well. Caleb Mills' injury is worth keeping an eye on. Um, but until there's a serious drop in performance, I'm sticking with the team I've had winning this conference all season. Uh, they were my preseason pick. Tulsa is no slouch to play at Tulsa. Um, and Memphis has a ton of talent. And I I really like Javon Quinterly. I I think he's a he's a really good point guard. Um he'll he'll keep them he'll keep them organized and in games um no matter where they play. Yeah. And he can also he proved the other day he can step up and take that shot at the last second. He can. That was yeah. that was a huge shot. Yeah, it was. Um I unanimous. I go, I'm going to go with Memphis too. Um you know, we've had Florida we've seen Florida Atlantic have too many, you know, bad nights against bad teams and they're going to play a lot of that coming up yeah and i mean everybody's going to want to give fau um and to a lesser degree memphis their best shot yeah they want to beat that it's a big pr thing for the university so you've got to go into every game expecting that and fau hasn't proven they can play with it and especially smu right trying to get you know a chance in an at-large bid you got to go and beat them yeah yeah, this is a too big league unless there's a lot of chaos. And I'm not saying that FAU or Memphis will fall out, but if there's enough chaos, like we could be talking multiple bubble teams uh, in a three bid league. Right. Uh, all right, we'll wrap up. We aren't going through all the conferences, but we wanted to hit some of the like big hotspot conferences <clears throat> that a lot of people like to talk about. So our final one's the A10. Um, it's an up year for the A-10 a little bit. They've been better than they have been in the past couple years. Um, a lot of that is Dayton. Um, and then to a lesser extent, St. Joe's has looked a lot better. Um, so those two have really propped the league up, in my opinion. Um, I have Dayton winning it all. Um, there's a couple sleepers. St. Bonaventure is one that I'm keeping an eye on. Um, but for now, I'll take Dayton. I'm going to go with St. Oh, go ahead, Mike. Go ahead. I said I agree. I would go with Dayton as well. I'm going to go with St. Bonaventure. Um, I know Dayton is the favorite, um, but St. Bonaventure, I've just got a feeling about them. Um, currently, they're my conference runner-up. They're projected to be the runner-up. Um, but they've been one of the biggest overachievers for me. Um relative to the preseason expectation. Um, so I think, you know, I think that that continues and, and they win the league. Okay, guys. So that is all we have today. Again, 
we're working on getting these episodes to be shorter. Um, I think we're actually going to break everything up into two episodes a week. Um, there's just so much to talk about. Like we can't break it down any shorter without just completely cutting out parts that we actually really want to get to. So look for us to move these to maybe a Tuesday or Wednesday night release, um, talking about our top 25s and kind of what's happened between the weekend and then, um, and then look for the bigger episode um, to come as it has been um, the first couple weeks. Again, thank everybody that you all have listened. Um, it means a lot to us that you are taking time out to listen and download um, and follow our podcast. Um, we're here to do this for you all. I mean, we could get on here and have a phone conversation, but we want to like just really curate this for what you guys want to hear. So just keep listening and just subscribe. Um, if you want to leave reviews or comments, we greatly appreciate that. Um, any suggestions you have, we're going to keep adapting and doing new things to help make sure this is as good as possible for you all. Um, next week, um, we will have probably, there might be three episodes. I'm going to try to get that bracketology episode up this week. Um, and then Zach, Michael, and I will be back. I think we're planning on recording on Tuesday night, so you will see us soon. Um, thank you all for listening and we will talk to you soon. Thanks everyone. Yeah. Thanks everyone. We'll